Or recording? Yeah. Oh, okay. Kind of whatever. That's whatever. We don't have to get started. Just kind of do our own thing for a while. So, like, her parents have been helpful. They come up a couple weekends. Uh, my mom's been over in the evenings and has brought dinner, and that's all very helpful. But it's like, it's like a minor helpful, right? It's like whatever. Helpful is when they start watching the kid. Yeah. So you guys can get sleep. Right. Have they done that yet? Has they during the day they did when they're uh, this past weekend they did so we were able to get a nap in and and yeah but it'd be nice if like her Monica's mom were to come over and actually spend the night or something and actually allow us to get some sleep over the over the evening. Well, my uh, my mom stayed for a whole week and then Brittany's mom stayed for a whole week. It doesn't just if just have her ask just say mom can you please come over for a few nights so we can whatever you guys need you know yeah nothing wrong with asking. Well, they've. Volunteered to have us come actually go down there for a few days, so I, th- I think we're trying to figure out when to do that. Uh, as soon as you can, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, like go Sunday night or something like that. Yeah, stay to like Wednesday. I would because Monica's got to resume work um, from home or we're at remotely. She's supposed to do that Wednesday, so yeah. Oh, this coming Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. Yeah, I know. So I don't know, it's we, crazy. We may go Sunday night, we may go, we may go Wednesday night. And stay through the weekend or something. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I'm definitely wanting to get, yeah. get down there and get some help with that. So. Just even if they watched the, the baby for four or five hours, literally yeah. could sleep for four or five hours. Yeah, that would make a big <laughs> and difference. And that would make a huge difference. Yeah. Or just put the baby in the basement and just... That's what I... So we tried to let him cry it out the other night. We put him upstairs in the bedroom, in his crib and stuff, and we had the baby monitor. It's hard to do that. But he was crying and crying and crying. We were like a half an hour into it, and we finally said, all right, this isn't working, so... Yeah. I, I we, never had exp- we never had any luck with letting him cry it out. <laughs> uh, how long are you supposed to go? Like, Well, until- everybody thinks they're going to kill their kid doing it, but... Right, right. I mean, I, I've heard of stories where babies cry for, like, hours. Just, well... Yeah. Wow. Wow, 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 the baby killed himself, whoops, whoopsies, sweet freedom again, I will assume you take this out, it's not like Monica will listen to it anyway, yeah, Brittany hasn't listened to any of our podcasts yet, well, they're not out there, oh, you mean the outdoors ones, yeah, okay, or the other one, she doesn't want to, thanks, Brittany, She'll listen to the one where she chimed in, right? Maybe. She hasn't said anything she wanted to. Oh, well, she probably forgot. Maybe. I don't think she cares. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This is I Have the High Ground. Rick and I are here. I'm Aaron. Brad is not with us this evening. He had better things to do, unfortunately. <laughs> or he thought he had better things to do. He wanted to be here, but I think he did have a after work obligation that he needed to take care of they do come up sometimes a scratch your back scratch my back type thing yeah so we're here with you this evening there are no snacks the drink <laughs> <laughs> why no snacks tonight uh, everybody's I exhausted know. i forgot to uh, uh i didn't forget i don't know there just aren't that's fine i'm not hungry i do have cookies what kind three chocolate chips from mcdonald's if you want one later i'll pass thanks they're delicious I do have a cup of coffee brewed from Rick's home set. That's good. And I'm going to go get a glass of water real quick. Okay. Oh, get me one too, would you? You want one? Yeah. Okay, keep talking. Say what we're going to talk about. So, uh, while Rick does that, um, not a huge agenda tonight. We did find something came across our 
the internet as we were as you scroll through articles as you do and this is from screenrant.com and it's not loading for me but it is the 10 cringiest moments in the Star Wars sequel trilogy that's what this is called so I'm pulling this up now we're going to go through it I haven't actually been through the whole list so this will be new to me as it is new to you how do I get on the Wi-Fi um uh it's called they fly now the 10 cringiest moments in the star wars sequel trilogy so we are talking about only moments out of the ray trilogy correct and from past episodes we have discussed this generally but these actual points kind of hone in on a lot of my arguments concerning my dislike for the trilogy series okay so there's 10 of these, so without further ado, we'll jump in. Are we going to do all of them or just kind of ones that stuck out to us? Uh, let's do all of them. Okay. There's some we might not um, spend too much time on. Number 10 is the token same-sex kiss. Um, so for those who might not know, um, as they're celebrating at the end of Rise of Skywalker, um, everyone gets back to base, everyone's celebrating. There's a very, very brief scene of two rebels or resistance fighters who embrace in a romantic kiss, and they are two women. It's very, very brief. I would say it lasts like a second or two seconds. Barely, yeah. It's it's very, very quick. So Screen Rant is saying that J.J. Abrams bragged about diversifying the Star Wars universe, uh, but this is the bare minimum for representation. The kiss was innocuous and irrelevant. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It, it It was irrelevant. Now, I don't care for driving social justice issues in movies and particularly in star wars movies but uh i i didn't mind the kiss and i don't know it showed two people kissing so i mean that's all i mean it could have been a man and a woman too like okay people kiss no big deal that's my thing mm-hmm. um so i don't have a problem with this moment being in there i didn't feel it was cringy necessarily in fact i would have i was you know what i was looking for it in the movie because i remember reading or hearing that there was going to be a same-sex kiss and i don't think i even registered that this happened during watching the movie it was so brief right i i don't know if i saw it the first time around or the second time but i mean i was just like okay <laughs> i mean the picture in here in the screen ran article and you guys can go uh google it and um, no this is not a conservative morally no we're, no, we're not going to get into what our morally political right stances are um <laughs> Maybe you can kind of guess what it is based on past emphasis, but we're not going to really talk about it. But uh, this picture on here on the Screen Rant article here, it shows a picture of the kiss. And one of the uh, one's clearly a woman and the other one you could kind of say, well, I can't really. It could be a, a woman. It could be a man or so. Who knows in the Star Wars universe? Right. Yeah. Maybe it's an alien of some kind of some unbeknown. But yeah, it, 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 like like it, like I said, it was innocuous and it was uh there's no reason for it. I mean, it was like if you're gonna if you're going to incorporate that kind of thing, you kind of need to lead up to it, you know, right. kind of make it actually meaningful yeah, instead of just like. <laughs> oh, here's quick to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't call it cringy even. So no, I'm it's not, not sure cringy. Why. It's just it. If you're going to make a statement about something like that, you need right. to actually put some thought behind it. Yes, it seems if you're if you're trying to make a statement and be more accommodating toward LGBTQ people then this seems like a very Absolutely. very minimum way of doing it and it's almost like a to me it'd be a slap in the face too yeah to the, to those the community yeah, yeah. The, because it's like oh hey let's come along afterthought right. this is all we get <laughs> yeah <laughs> these two people so that, that that probably is actually the cringy part yeah if so, i had to say uh number nine yep 
Kylo Ren's childish outbursts. <laughs> I'll take this one. Okay. So, as we've said in past episodes, I think Kylo was the worst villain in TV history, movie history, bar none. And just by reading this, they made the perfect point here. Darth Vader was a truly menacing presence. This is this is the article. Yep. Uh, was a truly menacing presence. He commanded the screen whenever he walked into the room, and there was never any goofy gags in his exp- at his expense. By contrast, Kylo is so unthreatening that he barely registers as a villain at all. And that's this is me talking. And that's what I've been saying this whole time. He is emotional. He is erratic. And even though I think Darth Vader was driven by emotion and hate, obviously, but not like. Kyle's like an emo kid. Mm-hmm. Like this is exactly like it reminded me of a of an irrational emo kid. If you've ever watched the show, the TV show Friday Night Lights, you know who Julie Taylor is. <laughs> the correlations are uncanny in my opinion. Like just moody and it's just terrible. So yeah, I think number eight for me was uh, probably like made me go thank you for calling it out finally. You know. Um, I get your point. But read the last, sorry, before you go on, read the last, uh, the last sentence. It says, so Kylo just looks like a pissed off teenager in Vader cosplay. <laughs> I get your point. I get this point um, about being Vader. And I think that's kind of the point because he clearly emulated Vader. He looked up to Vader's legacy, right? He says in Force Awakens that I, uh, He's talking to the Vader's helmet. I will finish what you started. So he clearly idolizes Vader, and he's trying to be him. And he's obviously a poor representation of that, and Snoke even said as much in Last Jedi. So so I think Kylo's really painted this way, and clearly it is seen that he wasn't—he was meant to be brought back. So he, yes, he's a villain, and he's—but he's not a good villain, and he wasn't meant to be a good villain. True, but I mean. He was the villain, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was the main antagonist. He and... was in the first movie, and then I would argue that Snoke was the main antagonist in the second movie, and then the Emperor in the third movie. Fair. But I will agree, back to the point of childish outbursts, I did think they really... Sh- uh, it, it was maybe a little much. It just really showed how immature and... and un- underdeveloped he was and he, how he didn't have control of his emotions at all. So yeah, I, I do think they were a little cringy, particularly in the in Force Awakens where he destroys his command console with his lightsaber, you know? Like he gets a he gets news of I forget what the news was, but he gets a report from somebody and he just destroys all of his equipment and stuff. So it's like really that's really, really childish. So yeah. So yeah, agree. This yep. is a cringy thing. So that was number nine. Uh, moving on to number eight. Poe Dameron and General Hux's mom. Yeah, this was probably the most cringy part of the entire trilogy, in my opinion. See, I don't remember this. It's um, when, it's when Hux is talking to him, and they're like going back and forth. They make uh, General Hux look like an idiot. You remember that? Yeah, I remember them making him look like an idiot. Um, Poe Dameron decides to take on the opening of see, but then as Poe makes, oh, uh, okay, Poe Dameron is a bit your mother joke. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Doesn't have a place in Star Wars. In fact, that whole scene where that uh, is played for humor with Poe and General Hux uh, at the very beginning of the Last Jedi, 
because um, all of the last Jedi was fairly fairly serious um, with the resistance on the run and the, and them being whittled down very very dire circumstances. Right. So they open this whole scene with this humorous bit, and it, it it felt very out of place. It's as I've always said in movies, and this is another like one of the big reasons why I don't care for uh, the Avengers movies is because there's like terrible things going on around them, like horrible destruction and chaos, yeah. and they throw in comedic relief, which I'm not saying there's not needed. It's not needed, but in certain situations, you don't do that. Right. And they seem to do that all the time. And it's not just like, like, oh my gosh, we gotta, this, we're in a terrible situation, so we got to make the best of it. No, it's just like, it's straight just, oh, we're casually taking on the world again, you know. Anyways, that's kind of how I felt with this, too. Very uncalled for and out of the order out of it well i would differentiate because that's how avengers is supposed to be right um it doesn't have to be well it doesn't have to be but that's how they write it they write character they write tony stark to be humorous they write thor to be humorous intentionally so despite everything that's going on around him it's just the tone that they a marvel movie set star wars have certainly put humor in it but um and probably more in the original series the original series was more humorously written than the prequel series and the sequel series um tried to be as serious as the prequel series the ray trilogy is tried to be as serious as the prequel series but they tried to write in some humor too whereas the prequels didn't write in a whole lot of humor i don't think not really so they tried jar jar they tried jar jar yeah and that you know was a he was just in small doses especially as the series went on but uh Anyway, they tried to have it both ways with the humor and with the seriousness, and it uh, just didn't work very well. Uh, any anything else on that one? No, I just uh, as I keep saying, like I, I just don't like ill-intended. Well, that's the right word, but I don't like it. I don't like sophomoric humor. Yeah. In a serious situation, like, it just it doesn't sophomoric humor in particular. Sophomoric, yeah. Uh, number seven, they fly now. Um, I didn't really think this was cringy. I didn't either. So this is, of course, is a reference to um, the rise of Skywalker, the chase across the desert, and the stormtroopers have jetpacks. And Ray and Poe, I guess they say they fly now. So I don't know why this is unnecessarily a surprise because jetpacks aren't new to Star Wars. Um, Mandalorians, of course, have had jetpacks for uh, the whole yeah all along, yeah. Like, as far as I can for a year for you know decades if not centuries so i don't know why this is a surprise this is the first time that we see stormtroopers have jetpacks well actually that's not true um stormtroopers have jetpacks in Did they have in the battle- rebel series i think well in battlefront too Did they not too like as in too they battle- have battlefront the game i think yeah. they do Did they? there's okay. certain units that have it so okay so, I don't think it's out of the ordinary that they would have jetpacks. Yeah, so jetpacks aren't new. This is, pro- I guess, this is the first time that they've seen first order stormtroopers with jetpacks. So, but jetpacks aren't new. So, I don't think it's necessarily a cringy moment, but it's definitely not a. It's not a surprising moment. Um, I don't think it comes across as a surprise to the audience. So, I don't know why it's a surprise yeah. to the characters. I thought it was actually an interesting addition to it. Yeah, I, I liked it. I think the yeah. desert scene was one of the stronger action sequences in the in the movie right uh number six finn versus chrome dome <laughs> chrome dome this oh, is okay. the, the battle of phasma Phasm. and at the point where they're they're uh crossing swords so to say <laughs> uh he goes uh let's go chrome dome it again going up to what we said about the poe dameron one was as it says in this article 
It says it was a painful misplaced attempt at humor and what should have been a dramatic clash between a defector and his ex-commander. And that's what I'm saying. It's this, it's this sophomore humor. Like, I don't know if they're trying not to make it as action packed for the kids audience. I don't know. It's just, it's not, this type of stuff is not needed. I've talked to Brett a long time about this kind of stuff. It's like, why don't they, how, how do they not see this? Like when they watch this, how how do they not, are they not normal? I guess they're from Hollywood, so they're not normal. But if we were able to review these movies, you know, like, like why they're doing it or, you know, during the process, like we could, we could eliminate this entire article, so to say. Right. And I, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Uh, it feels like a Han Solo type of line. Um, and Finn isn't a Han Solo. That's not who, he, who he's supposed to. Poe po was the Han Solo figure of the Ray trilogy, not right. Finn. So this doesn't feel like a Finn line. Um, so, yeah, I'd agree. This is kind of cringy. Let's go, Chrome Dome. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Number five. Ray and Ben Solo's kiss of life slash death. Um, that's where she brings him to life, right? Yeah, that's, that's where she brings him to life yeah. after he uh, basically dies. So, I didn't. I mean, I don't like. No, the he four. brings her to life. Then they kiss. Then yeah, yeah. She, he brings. Shame on me for already forgetting. No, she's dying. Yeah, she's dying. He I brings. Guess. He brings her back to life. Um, then they kiss. Then he dies. Uh, read the last part. Ray is dying. Then she makes out with Ben Solo. And passes the death energy on to him or something. Or something. <laughs> uh, it, it was a little much. Um, why did he have to... Why does that act cause him to die? Um, it, it's awkward. Uh, I don't know if it's cringy. Because Ray did bring him back earlier in the movie. Not with a kiss. Um, just with her with her force ability. It brings him back from the death. Yeah. So he, he returns the favor. Uh, but that act causes um, it expends so much energy in him, and he'd already kind of taken a beating, being thrown off the uh, thrown off the edge by the emperor. So he wasn't in great shape. I, I, I guess they're, what they're saying is the kiss is cringy, and is they're trying to play off a little bit of sexual tension that they tried to build up, which was minimal at best. Yeah, this scene's hard for me because I didn't really agree with the force healing and all that force swapping. So I don't know. It, maybe it was cringy, I guess, in the end. <laughs> the kiss is forced, I think. Um, they, 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 wrote, they clearly wrote it in there to accommodate um, fans who wanted to see them. Right, because there wasn't really, attached. like you said, there was minimal, any type of uh, sexual tension. Right. If any, you know. Right. I didn't ever get that. Yeah, so very forced. And, by, and since it is forced, then yeah, it is kind of cringy. The kiss didn't need to be there. I don't mind that it was because I, I, I just didn't mind it. But it didn't need to be there. It wouldn't take anything away from the movie if it wasn't there. Mm. Uh, so yeah, kind of cringy. Yeah. Number four, somehow Palpatine <laughs> has returned. <laughs> you, can write anything, you, can, you can write anything into a movie if you start with somehow yeah. X, Y, Z. <laughs> It's lazy is what it is. It is. And as I've said, I think what they should have done from the beginning was make we make Kylo uh, the just bad, make him real bad. Mm-hmm. And you think he's going to swap, but he doesn't. And then there's no there's no ever Palpatine. I think that's ridiculous. I think they killed a perfectly good plot. And since they used him, they killed a perfectly good plot anyways. Yeah. The way they ended the movie so i don't know why they felt they had to go back to palpatine usually a poor choice and i'd love to explore this more with other movies that bring back things too much um i think that'd be for an interesting uh, interesting research project but 
they didn't, I don't know why they felt they had to go back to Palpatine. There's other interesting ways they could have gone. Snoke was a very interesting character in Last Jedi. Um, uh, they could have, they killed him off, but they could have kept looking or, you know, they could have done some flashbacks. There's uh, a lot of different ways they could have gone. Maybe they felt it was the easiest. Uh, whatever it was, it was a poor choice. I agree. And there's really not much more to talk about it with that. You know, it's just like he's back and then they didn't even really do much with it. Right. I mean, they could have made another trilogy with <laughs> unless they unless they started from the point of okay we want ray to be a palpatine and if we do that that means we have to have palpatine come back if that was their thought process then they did it wrong then they did it wrong <laughs> yeah agreed because ray can still be a palpatine without having to have palpatine i mean maybe you have his force go i bet that would have been a much way a better way to do it though have him be a force ghost or a force and have Snoke kind of not take as, the yeah uh, yeah not and not necessarily as a Force ghost because Force ghosts so far have only been Jedi in the movies, but a Force entity of some kind um, through Snoke. Through, I don't know through Snoke something. or something. Yeah, or, or through a uh, through a. Um, what am I trying to think of? So, um, and I'm going to mention something about Clone Wars here, um, and Rick's not going to know what I'm talking about. But um, so in the Clone Wars show, uh, Yoda has to do kind of a walkabout where he goes on this trip across the galaxy to kind of research some mysteries of the force and because uh, he's got some internal conflict. So he ends up on a Sith planet and talks to the apparition of Darth Bane. And um, I don't know if Darth Bane was a, a force ghost or just a force spirit or what exactly he was, but he takes a kind of a, a, an apparitional ghosty form and talks to Yoda. So, yeah, my point in saying this is that Palpatine doesn't actually have to come back as a clone or as an, if this resurrected body or whatever. Mm-hmm. You could have had Palpatine uh, in, um, be there in a ghosty type way. It would have been better than what we got. Uh, number three. Okay, we've talked about this multiple times. Rose interrupts post-sacrifice. Yeah, we can just kind of reference of it. Yeah, we can yeah. just kind of reference it because it is very, very cringy. It is terrible. It she totally didn't realize how what she was uh, how she was being an idiot and actually counter going counterintuitive to what she was actually saying. We don't fight what we hate. We save what we love. Terrible. Yep, that's all I'm going to say about that. Brett, we're saving you some, some grief here. <laughs> Number two, Luke tosses Anakin's lightsaber. Um, probably one of the most controversial moments from The Last Jedi. Yeah. I've read all the reasonings for this, why they why they had him do this. I understand their thought processes. I don't think it was appropriate the way they do it. Uh, it was played for cheap laughs. It got some cheap laughs, if I remember right. Yep. So I guess they they accomplished what they set out to do, but I don't think it was a very respectful way to handle it. <laughs> it's hard to even, like... To explain the frustration behind that, you know, especially the the stalwarts, you know, the original series stalwarts, like considering who Luke is and what he represented. Yeah. And then they just make him throw the yeah into the is it into the water over the cliff basically was it or is it just behind I, him? I think it was just behind him. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. It's just such a. If it would have been a any a, a random lightsaber that Ray brought to him and said, "Hey, I want he'd like to be trained by you, Master," you know, and it just happened to be some lightsaber that she found, then I could see that. Like, okay, this doesn't mean anything to Luke. Right. Why and he doesn't want to train her, so whatever. But this isn't just any lightsaber; it's Anakin's lightsaber, 
it had meaning to Luke, it being his father's lightsaber. So I really don't think that Luke, as the character, even understanding where he was emotionally, emotionally as a as a Jedi Master and as a person at that point, that he, I don't, I just don't think he would have handled it that way. I agree. And the whole setup was stupid. I mean, even her just immediately giving the lightsaber to him, like it should have been like a. Should have been like a build-up, you know. Yeah. And then he's like, "Why are you here? How'd you find me?" Well, stupid. You left us a a map. <laughs> you left us a map, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> oh yeah. And then, uh, but how he sh- then later on he says, "How we? How do I plan on teaching you without a saber?" And then he she unveils that it's Anakin's or something, you know, like. Right. And then, you know, he does what he does, but not throws it behind his shoulder, but just like I don't know something different, right? Anyways. I agree. It was, it was an awful, awful, awful. Yeah, and definitely cringy. Uh, last one, number <laughs> one, everything about Rey Skywalker. So as you remember, at the end of Rise of Skywalker, Rey is on Tatooine at Luke's childhood home, the, uh, the moisture farm, and she buries Luke's Skywalker, uh, Anakin's. L- lights, uh, Anakin's lightsaber, and uh, she buries uh, Leia's lightsaber together. And then some random person comes by and asks her name, and she says, Ray Skywalker. And then she smiles at Luke and Leia's Force Ghosts, and the end. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't think this is cringy per se. You definitely see it coming, don't you, in the movie? I do. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe not. I didn't guess it, but as soon as they made it, as soon as she's back in Tatooine, I was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. She didn't. So this isn't cringy, I don't think, because her last name was Palpatine. She obviously wouldn't want to identify with that last name, right? So if she's going to pick one, what's she going to say? Oh, I'm just, I'm just Ray, you know, Ray, nobody, you know. So it feels to me like it's a purposeful picking of a new last name yeah. that that Luke would have been fine with, right? Like mm-hmm. she was kind of not, not a daughter figure, but he definitely was a mentor to her. And um, but they never really built that up either. What? That mentorship. Oh, mentorship. Aside uh, from not really the brief training. The brief, but. the training, and yeah, yeah. I, I don't think this is cringy per se. Uh, I don't even think it's forced. I think it. I, I don't have a problem with it. But I think they're also kind of saying in general too that just the whole Ray Skywalker arc, you know, the whole Ray arc itself. I like Ray as a character quite a bit. I thought Jenner, so it was more of a compelling Jenner, character. So, oh yeah. Um, I think she has more personality. I think Jen has more personality than Ray exhibits. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think this is necessarily cringy. Um, I didn't have a problem with it. It's, I think it's more of like a roll your eyes type deal. By the end of the movie, you're like, can we just be done with this, please? Oh, right. Just end the sequel. Yeah, I mean, they could have left out that final scene, I think, just fine. Yeah. Or, or done something different. or I, I don't know. But yeah, I think uh, that whole list in general definitely plays to the weaknesses of the sequel series, kind of how I've tried to explain things, but not really put into words type thing. I think this did a, did a good job. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of very weak, very weak things that this list points out. Right. You know, what's not on here that I find interesting is the whole, um, the scene in Last Jedi where Rose and and Finn um, free the uh, <laughs> the animals and the, kid, and the kids or whatever and go on this little crusade, well, you know, when they're trying to bring back the slicer or whatever. 
Um, I, which is a useless story arc. A really useless side arc because it didn't accomplish them anything. Um, they didn't they didn't succeed in what they set out to do, except free a bunch of um, horse llama things or whatever those were. So, uh, yeah, so I felt that whole thing was really cringy, but that's not on here, uh, which is fine. So yeah, so we've once again succeeded in talking about the weaknesses of the sequel trilogy. You know, I'd love to find just like a list of like 10 things that really, really positives. worked. Really, really worked <laughs> in this. And, and, you know, maybe that's something that we can revisit down the line yeah. on this podcast. Uh, so that just a little something to, to, uh, to chew on. Got anything else? I don't. I think that's... Uh, Any ideas for our next episode? Yeah, well, we know Brett talked about um, movie or TV franchise that has lost its luster mm-hmm. over the years as we've grown into adulthood. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah, I think let's, so too. Let's focus on that. Yeah, so that's be the teaser for next time. Um, I've I've got to give that some thought. See what's <laughs> see what stands out to me. But uh, yeah, I think that's what we'll be coming at to you next time here on I Have the High Ground. Sounds good. I'm Aaron and I'm Rick. Until next time, see you. <laughs>